What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Tale of the tapes, episode seventeen. We are fucking flying through this season too. I feel like right now. Um, summer break coming up soon. We're definitely way past the halfway point of at least the first session of season two. We're certainly not past the halfway point of of the whole season two, which is the nineties. But today on Tale of the Tapes, we got UGK. <laughs> For those of you that are not familiar with UGK by any chance, that's the group Underground Kings with Bun B and Pimp C. So me personally, I was never big on UGK in general and I don't honestly I don't really have much else to offer on them for me for my opinion personally to be honest with you I never thought that they were like very good but had probably never heard an actual UGK song before this study definitely heard them on some features and things like that and I, I won't say that I thought they were trash but I certainly didn't think they were good they never ever made me like want to go listen to one of their albums or anything like that but nonetheless they did qualify for the study and they had their first album out as a group together in 1992. They're also known as Underground Kings. The origins Port Arthur, Texas. Genres are listed as hip-hop, southern hip-hop, and country rap. The years active are listed as 1987 to 2007. And the members of the group were Pimp C and Bun B. So let's get into a little bit of a background on UGK as a group, and then we'll get into each member individually after we go over a little bit about UGK as a group. So UGK, short for Underground Kings, was an American hip-hop duo from Port Arthur, Texas, formed in 1987 by Chad Pimp C. Butler and Bernard Bun B. Freeman. They released their first major label album, Too Hard to Swallow, in 1992, followed by several other albums charting on the Billboard 200 and top R&B hip-hop album charts, including the self-titled Underground Kings album, which contained their single International Players Anthem and debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 in August of 2007. The duo has also been featured on hit singles by several other artists, such as Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z and Sippin' on Some Syrup by 3-6 Mafia. Pimp C founded UGK Records in late 2005. On December 4th, 2007, Pimp C died in his West Hollywood, California hotel room. So, rest in peace to Pimp C, man, for sure. Like I said, I was never a fan, but that doesn't mean that I wish death on anybody or anything like that. So, RIP to him, and let's get into him as he was the first to have a solo album out between the two members. So... Pimp C had his debut solo album out in 2005. His birth name is Chad Lamont Butler, also known as Sweet James Jones, Tony Snow, Percy Mack, and Jack Tripper. Born December 29, 1973 in Crowley, Louisiana, United States. Died December 4, 2007 in West Hollywood, California, United States. Origins Port Arthur, Texas, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop and southern hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1987 to 2007. So there's some details on Pimp C as an individual, and let's get into a little bit of a background on Pimp C personally. Chad Lamont Butler 
December 29, 1973 to December 4, 2007, better known by his stage name Pimp C, was an American rapper and record producer. He was best known for his work with Bun B as a founding member of the Underground Kings. Signing to Jive Records in 1992, UGK released their major label debut album Too Hard to Swallow to critical acclaim. The group followed this with their second and third major label albums Super Tight in 1994 and Riding Dirty in 1996, both of which charted in the Billboard 200 to further success. The group received national attention in 2000 after being featured on Jay-Z's hit single Big Pimpin' which peaked at number 18 on Billboard Hot 100 and number 1 on the Rhythmatic Top 40. The group went on hiatus for the first half of the 2000s after Pimp C was sentenced to 8 years in prison for a probation violation, during which time both members pursued solo careers with Pimp C releasing his solo debut album, The Sweet James Jones Stories in 2005, composed of material recorded prior to his sentencing. After being released from prison in December of 2005, he released his second solo album, Pimpolation, the following year, and released UGK's eponymous fifth studio album in 2007, which spawned the hit single International Players Anthem, featuring Outkast, which peaked at number 70 on the Billboard Hot 100. Pimp C was found dead in his hotel room on December 4, 2007 with a coroner's report allegedly attributing his death to complications stemming from heavy consumption of lean and his pre-existing condition of sleep apnea. So like I said earlier, man, obviously rest in peace to Pimp C for sure. And let's get into what I wrote down as I was listening to him. I knew of Pimp C, but mostly just through a couple of features. Lyrically, he was well below average and never seemed to get any better or add much substance to his words. He had trouble with his flow at times, struggling to fit in words while almost never seeming to be able to rhyme more than one syllable and sometimes not rhyming at all. He also had his fair share of rhymes that stood out as weak, although collectively with Bun B, they did have some unique song topics early on. Pimp dropped nine qualifying albums throughout the course of his career, seven with UGK and two solo. Three of the UGK albums were good, while four were average along with his two solo projects. On the nine albums were 110 songs in which none were great, only four were good, and eight were weak. Pimp C didn't have the biggest impact in the game, but it was there with influences on artists like Biggie, Jim Jones, DMX, Method Man, Nas, Ja Rule, Mike Jones, and many others. While for the most part, Pimp was your typical down south rapper from looks to sound, he did appear to remain true to who he was and seemed to make the music he enjoyed. So a little bit on both ends of the spectrum there for Pimp C. Let's see how the math worked out for him. Lyrics he gets a 3, we spoke about all the reasons why he was well below average lyrically. Albums he gets a 3.52 with 0 classics. Songs, he gets a minus .73, so we talk about this a lot. While it's not a whole point, it's very, very rare that anybody gets plus or minus a whole point or even more. So almost a whole point lost here by Pim C in this category, three quarters of a point. And that came from no great songs out of 110 songs and eight weak songs out of 110 songs. So that amounts to 7.3%. You move the decimal place over and he loses .73. Impact, he gets a five and a half, and, you know, this this is another slippery slope one type of thing here, because if you weren't from the South, 
you really wouldn't have thought of UGK as having really any type of big impact on the game at all. You know, their claim to fame, according to anybody that wasn't from the South, was just Big Pimpin'. And while Big Pimpin' definitely did bring them, you know, additional attention on other areas of the United States and things like that, and probably all over the world, to be quite honest, but not only did it do that, but as you could see when we read the background on UGK, UGK was having a pretty decent amount of success with, you know, hitting Billboard Top 100s and Top 200s and their albums charting and things like that, so... While they weren't having the biggest success maybe all over the country, they were having big success in their area, and that definitely did expand when they started to get on other really big songs with people that were from other areas and things like that. So I think right off the bat, their impact was probably a little bit higher than your average everyday, you know, general hip-hop fan might, might realize. And then on top of that, I mean, you know, UGK is a group probably more recognized or or maybe about the same as, as Pimp C by himself, but he still did manage to have influences on a fair number of pretty big names there. So I don't want to overlook UGK or Pimp C's impact on the hip-hop game. So while it wasn't huge, I did feel that it was definitely enough to bring it above average, even coming from somebody who really knew almost nothing of them and certainly was not from anywhere near where they were from and really wasn't into the type of music that they were making at the time. So originality, he gets a seven. Now, when I spoke about originality, it was, it was a little bit, I don't want to say it was tough, but it's a little deceiving when you, when you hear what I said, or when you look at Pimp C or something like that, because yes, his music was very down South and Yes, his image and things like that. You know, everything kind of about him was typical down south. But when you really sat down and listened to Pimp C, and like I said, I watch interviews on a lot of these people, pretty much everybody that I listen to, I watch interviews on them, I read read things on them. And, you know, when you really break down Pimp C and his lyrics and his interviews and what he was about and who he was as a person and things like that, Yes, he, he did seem like your typical Southern person from the outside looking in, but as you learned about him and got to know him and things like that, it was really just because he loved the South. So it was really more of Pimp C paying homage to the South and loving where he was from, and that was what kind of made him seem typical. But he always did the things in his type of way. He never seemed to really just follow trends or stray from being Southern because, you know, that could also lose you points in originality too, right? I mean, you're from a certain place, but yet you're copying a different place's style. That could certainly lose you points in originality for sure. So he wasn't doing that. So I thought that he did enough to keep him well above average in that particular category, even though the looks were a little bit deceiving from the outside looking in. So... You add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and it gives you a final rating of 3.66, which leaves Pimp C in 134th place of 158 artists done overall. So, you know, listen, it's not last place, but obviously not a great finish there for Pimp C, but as you can see, he certainly did his thing. He had a tremendous amount of success and I don't want to speak ill on the dead, so while I did have to write down the facts of who Pimp C was and his skill level on the mic, and I, you know, I didn't sugarcoat anything or give him any breaks or anything like that. I also don't want to drill somebody who isn't alive to defend themselves. So rest in peace to Pimp C, man. And 
On to Bun B, who also had his debut solo album in 2005, but it came after Pimp C. So that's why we're getting into Bun B. Second out of the two, but getting into Bun B now. His birth name is Bernard James Freeman, born March 19th, 1973 in Houston, Texas, United States. Genre is listed as Southern Hip Hop, and his years active are listed as 1987 to present. So a little bit of a background on Bun B. Bernard James Freeman, born March 19, 1973, known professionally as Bun B, is an American rapper and actor. He is best known as one half of the southern rap duo UGK, a group he formed in 1987 alongside Pimp C. Aside from his work with UGK, Bun B has released five solo albums, including 2010's Trilogy, which received the rare five mic rating from the source. So... What I find odd about this is if you were to ask me, Bun B was the bigger, more well-known, and more successful of the two. But when you look at their backgrounds, there seems to be a lot more there for Pimp C than there was for Bun B. I think that most of the info was written as the group was ascending, and maybe most of that was due to Pimp C, and then when he died, so did the group. And after that, Bun B went on to have a pretty successful solo career. So I think at the time that they were both alive, Pimp C was probably the quote-unquote head of the group, if you will. Whereas after he was gone, Bun B was able to continue to take it to another level, and I'm here to see that. So that's probably where my perception of it kind of comes in. So let's get into what I wrote down for Bun B while I was listening to him. Like Pimp C, I knew of Bun B, but wasn't very educated on either of them or UGK for that matter. Although clearly the better of the two in the group, Bun was still only slightly above average lyrically. Early on, he seemed a bit hesitant with his delivery, and the dope lines he dropped were few and far between, and mostly came later in his solo career as he certainly got better lyrically as time went on. He did, however, show at times that when he wanted to, he was certainly able to buckle down and deliver something with bars and a purpose. He also showed a decent ability of keeping a topic, telling a good story, and using multisyllabic rhymes. Bun Bita put out more work than Pimp C, releasing 14 albums in his career, 7 with UGK and 7 solo. Four of the seven UGK albums were good, with the other three being average, and six of his seven solo albums were good, with the other being great. Bun B released 180 songs throughout the course of his career, both solo and with UGK. While only two of those songs were great and nine were weak, he did have 27 good songs. Like Pimp C, Bun isn't necessarily the most popular or successful dude in hip-hop history, but he did have an influence on artists such as Biggie, Jim Jones, DMX, Method Man, Nas, Jay-Z, Ja Rule, and Cannabis. Bun Bita, like Pimp C, was surely your typical Southern rapper in every sense of the word, but he also had some very unique song topics, especially when on his own. So, let's get into the math of what I just read to you. Lyrics, he gets a five and a half. Now, I definitely want to speak on this for a second, because... Bun B has, to this day, continued to get better with time lyrically. And if Bun B continues to rap, I think that all of Bun B's scores will probably be raised. And I literally mean all of them. I think he could probably be raised to a, a six lyrically, because I, I don't think he was too, too far from that. 
And what I've been hearing from him the past five years, maybe the past decade or so, he got very, very good with multisyllabic rhymes, and he got much better at consistently dropping good lines without following them by two weak ones or whatever the case was like that. So Bun B definitely got better with time. He was below average in the beginning of the career, and then he was a pretty chunk well above average for the latter half of his career. And that only averaged out to just above average lyrically, so that's where he's at right now. But I really would love for Bun B to put out more work because I think that Bun B is much better now than he was 20 years ago when they came out. And I, I think that, quite frankly, if Bun B could manage to pull it off, he, he probably deserves to be raised up. Albums, he gets a 3.89 with zero classics, which the lyric score is obviously way ahead of where Pimp C was. You know, Pimp C got a three, Bun B with a five and a half. That's two and a half points, and even just a half a point is, is a decent gap. So that five and a half to that three is definitely big, and the 3.89 to the 3.52, you know, only really about a quarter of a point difference there on the album score, which probably mostly came from Bun B's great solo album. Songs, he gets a minus 0.39 in comparison to Pimp C, who got a minus 0.73. So Pimp C almost getting double the amount lost there that Bun B did, and that came a bunch of different ways. So Bun B did have two great songs, but he actually had more weak songs than Pimp C, but he also had more songs in total. So Pimp C, no great songs. Bun B, more weak songs, but a smaller percentage of weak songs. So there were two things that helped him out there to get the better song score. And also another thing that helped him with the album score was 27 good songs for Bun B in comparison to only four good songs for Pimp C. So you can definitely see where there was a gap here with the two of them. While Bun B wasn't, you know, insane and he still did wind up losing points overall. Granted, it's, you know, only about a third of a point or so, but, you know, did still wind up losing points in the song score was because he started to get those great songs a little bit later in his career and things like that. But he was pretty consistently able to put out pretty good songs. So to make a good song was not really that much of a problem for Bun B, whereas Pimp C had trouble making even a good song, let alone a great song. And I, I can't say this for a fact, but if I had to guess, Pimp C's good songs were probably mostly due to like a really good Bun B verse or something like that that just happened to be on a UGK song or something like that. Again, that's, that's one thing that I'm saying that's not a fact. I don't remember that for a fact, but I do remember doing these guys that there was certainly a big gap between them, at least when it came to the skill set. There was definitely a big gap between them. So if I had to guess, Bun B probably carried at least half of those good songs to good songs. So Pimp C really struggled to make good songs, whereas Bun B certainly didn't. Impact, I gave Bun B the same score as Pimp C of five and a half, and I think that's warranted. When we talked about the breakdowns, you can see how when you read their backgrounds and things like that, Pimp C probably a little bit more successful when the both of them were alive, or you know maybe a little bit more accomplished, I should say. But it's obviously, you know, it's not fair. A guy passed away and he's not here to continue on his legacy and doing what he was doing. But I mean, that's something that did happen to him while 
Bun B was able to stay alive and Bun B is still here. And I don't know if he's going to put out anything, you know, in the future, but he has not very long ago. So, you know, he's still considered active and stuff like that. Now, if he stays active much longer, maybe his impact score climbs. Maybe some other people take some things from him or, you know, he influences some other artists or maybe he's able to, to hit some charts or break some records with record sales or whatever the case may be. But again, like I said, I can see every single one of Bun B's scores being raised a little bit. Maybe not the originality because I don't think that at his age that Bun B is going to turn around and just come out with some outlandish shit that's so ridiculously original and unique that it forces me to raise his originality score after a 20 plus year career but anything could happen the other four scores i strongly believe that if bun b drops one or two more albums probably every single one of those scores would be raised so originality bun b gets a seven and a half which is just slightly above what pim c got and that mainly came from the original type of songs that Bun B had. Bun B had some songs that were really original and unique. And that was probably part of the reason that Bun B didn't have as much trouble making a good song either. Because when something's very different and you're able to stick to the topic, like we spoke about in a lot of song breakdowns, there's a lot of different ways to get good and great song scores. Your lyrics, um, you know, is what you're saying deep and meaningful? Was the song successful? Was it popular? Was it about something nobody's ever made a song about before? Were you able to stick to a specific topic? Was it some type of crazy story with a twist and a crazy ending? There's just so many different ways to get to these scores. So the fact that Bun B had more songs like that, that were really like, wow, man, that was that was a really unique song. It helped him in more than one area. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five, and that gives you a final rating of 4.40, which leaves Bun B in 71st place of 158 artists done overall. So just above the halfway point for Bun B, which I wouldn't say is a tremendous finish, but it's way better than Pimp C's, and it's still in the top half. And like we said, if Bun B continues to put out music of the same caliber that he has been over the past five years or so, he will surely climb a bit higher on this list. So, shoutouts to Bun B, Pimp C, and UGK, man. I definitely wasn't aware of the success that these dudes had. And I was very pleasantly surprised with Bun B, especially later on in his career, to be honest with you. So, let's get into our list now. And the first list we'll get into is our top 15% overall. And there are no changes to this list today. So same as last week. In our top spot, we got Tupac, who's tied for 8th place of 158 artists done overall. Next, we got Pharrell Manch, who's in 10th place. Then we got KRS-One, who's in 12th. Couple of slots back from him, we have Jizza, who's in 14th place. Then in 16th place, we have Slick Rick. Couple of slots back in 18th is Rakim. Directly behind him in 19th is Redman. And directly behind him is Common, who's in 20th place. Couple of slots back in 23rd, we have Rev Run of Run DMC. Directly behind Rev Run, we have LL Cool J, who's in 24th. In 25th place, directly behind LL Cool J, we have MF Doom. And then a couple of slots back from MF Doom, we have Will Smith, who's in 27th place. And hanging on to our last spot of our top 15% overall 
is DMC from Run DMC and Ice Cube, who are both tied for 30th place of 158 artists done overall. So each week seems to be completely hit or miss here in the 90s, where it's either no one is coming anywhere near our top 15% overall, or both guys are finishing high in it. So that's super odd. There's been a lot of really odd things and, and really ironic coincidences in the podcast in general, but the very high majority of them have come in the 90s now, and we are nowhere near even being halfway through with the 90s. So it's pretty crazy some of the odd coincidences that we've had, especially in this first part of season two here. I mean, we've only been doing this for a couple of months here, and we've had some really crazy, ironic coincidences happen already. And I, I can tell you that Doing the 90s has really been like that. Maybe not with all the crazy coincidences, but with things being very hit or miss. I mean, I'll go from doing a guy who finishes in second place, and then the next guy that came out finishes in 155 of 158. Then the next guy is, you know, finishes in 45. The guy after that finishes in 90. The guy after that finishes in first. The guy after that finishes in dead last. So the 90s has been crazy. Um... I think what we're seeing a bit of here is, like I said, we're in the middle of the golden era of hip-hop. So we're starting to see this surgence now where you're starting to see a lot more people rap because a lot more people are seeing where you could be super successful in hip-hop and you could really make a lot of money rapping. So it becomes more attractive to a lot more people. And... You know, like anything else, man, when something gets overly popularized, sure, you're still going to have your tremendous artists, your tremendous athletes, whatever it is. But when something becomes really, really popular like that, the floodgates start opening for some really, really terrible people that sometimes not only are they there and participating, but sometimes wind up making the team because now there's so many teams that they need so many more people that there's some shitty people playing now. Or, you know, using rap as an example, because that's what we're talking about. There's some shitty, shitty music out there. That's not to say that there wasn't any shitty music in the 80s, and I don't mean to, you know, try to shit on anyone's art here, but, you know, facts are facts, bro. Some people were just not good at making music or not good at rapping. And some people that really didn't have a great skill set we're able to make up for their skill set in other areas like originality and impact and things like that. And we're able to still be successful. Some people just sucked. And I, you know, I, I'm, again, I don't mean to try to shit on anybody, but I'm just calling it like it is. You know, you can tell that whatever successes they had were due to the machine and them investing a lot of money and probably selling their soul and things like that. And they just really, you know, they weren't good at making music in, in any way. Not just lyrically, but in any way. So we're probably going to see a lot more of that going forward where it's really, really hit or miss. We're having some really great, great dudes come out in the 90s because the people that really do respect the craft and really do have a talent, we're starting to see some of those guys take it a step further than maybe anybody was able to really take it in the 80s. But that comes with more and more people trying to do it and more and more people failing and being terrible. So that's where we're getting a lot of the hit and miss from. Now, let's get into our top 10% lyrically. There's no changes to this list today either as neither of these guys were able to crack that top 10% lyrically. So 
In our top lyrical spot, we got Pharaoh Monch with a lyrical score of eight and a half. Tied for second place behind Pharaoh, we have Master Ace and Jezu, who both got lyrical scores of seven and a half. In a three-way tie for second place behind Pharaoh Monch, we have Master Ace, Jezu, and Common, who all got lyrical scores of seven and a half. Behind them, we have a tie for fifth place between KRS-One and Lord Finesse, who both got lyrical scores of seven. And then we have a six-way tie behind them for seventh place with Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, and Redman, all getting lyrical scores of six and a half and hanging on to a six-way tie for our last spot in our 10% overall lyrically. So again, major shout out to these guys. Most of these guys have been being named on here since season one, excluding the guys that weren't out yet. So we're definitely seeing a lot of these top lyrical guys holding on really strong here, and I expect most of that to continue going forward. So definitely want to give these guys their props for sure. Now let's get into our particular decades list, starting with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s. At number one, KRS-One. Number two, Slick Rick. Number three, Rakim. Number four, Rev Run. And number five, LL Cool J. So as usual, no changes to that list today, but we're going to rattle it off every week. Those are the forefathers. They paved the way. Those are the legends. Those are the guys that started it and were the most successful at it in its first real decade of existence. So we're not going to stop naming those guys unless one of them happens to get knocked out, which I don't think is going to wind up happening, but we shall see. Now for our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. At number one, Tupac. Number two, Pharaoh Monch. Number three, Jizza. Number four, Redman. And number five, Common. So this one does tend to change a lot more often than probably any of the other ones do, but no changes to this list today here either. So everything stayed exactly the same here today, but we're very early in the 90s. So expect this one in particular to probably change relatively often. If you'd like to see any of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tapes. There's a support button on there. I appreciate anybody that hits the support button. And that's about it for episode 17, man. So that was UGK today. And next week, we got Apache and Big DS. Now, Apache you probably won't know unless you're like a big hip-hop fan. And Big DS is the first member that we're going to cover of the group Onyx. I'm sure most people know who the hip-hop group Onyx is. So Onyx will have to be broken down into more than one episode as we're not going to cover more than three different artists in any one episode. So next week starts Onyx with Apache who's not an Onyx and Big DS, who is in Onyx, and then the week after, we will cover the other three members of Onyx. So, tail of the tapes, peace. Tail of the tapes, might as well. <laughs>